Hello and welcome to another episode of Social Justice Matters, the podcast from Social Justice Ireland. My name is Suzanne Rogers and I'm a research and policy analyst with Social Justice Ireland. As those of you who tune in regularly will know, we release three different types of podcasts. We have our interview series where we chat to experts on a range of policy areas. There's our 10 minute lesson series where we take a particular subject and try and hit the key points somewhere between 8 to 15 minutes. And there's our seminar series where we listen back to some of the most important presentations at past events. And this week it's one of those. Last year in 2021, we held our 34th annual policy conference on the theme of social rights for all, time to deliver on the European pillar of social rights. Speaking at that conference was Anna M. Gwilland. It's a joint paper that she's presenting with Maria Petmezidou. We can listen back to Anna and Maria presenting their joint paper, A Greener and More Social Pillar. You can also listen back to presentations of previous papers from the conference, all as podcasts. You'll also find the video and collected papers on our website. We hope you enjoy. Now we have uh, our next paper in, in, involves two joint speakers, joint presentation. We have Anna Gwilin, who's a professor of sociology at the University, the University of Oviedo in Spain. Um, she's also the director of the PRO MEBI research group, which is promoting work and welfare in Europe. Also presenting with Anna, we have Maria Petmesedo, who is Emeritus Professor at the, at the Democritus University in Greece. She has served as the chair of the sociology department of Crete University, as well as the Department of Social Administration at the university. The title of the paper is A Green and More Social Pillar for European Pillar of Social Rights. Uh, well, uh, our presentation has a slightly different focus. It doesn't focus primarily on the European Pillar of Social Rights, but it uh, tries to outline the um, social dimensions of the European Green Deal in this aim of just transition. Uh, this is based on a paper that uh, myself and Anna have jointly written. Uh, and this paper uh, tried to delineate a research agenda for the challenges facing uh, the European Union um, under this combined impact of a triple transition, green, digital, and uh, demographic. Of course, we cannot expand on all these issues. In this presentation, we'll talk about these three issues you see on this slide, I will start by briefly outlining the social objectives of the European Green Deal. And also I will focus on some very important missing social dimensions of the Green Deal. Then I will try somehow to show how the um, EGD's programmatic social goals uh, coordinate with some major strategic pronouncements of the EU in the last uh, uh, decade, mainly the social investment approach and the European Pillar of Social Rights. And then Anna will take over to talk about some critical steps towards bolstering the just transition goal, and she will also wrap up our main arguments. Now, um, by and large, green growth and just sustainability are held to be compatible and complementary in the EGD, but also in some major strategic texts by other international organizations like the UN SDGs and uh, similar texts by the ILO. And so all of these uh, strategic texts, they share a common definition of social justice, namely as a crucial component of a development path relying heavily on a mutually beneficial link between economics and the environment. And this kind of definition derives from the Brutland Report of 1987 that developed a needs-based um, 
framework as a mediating factor between economic goals and social and environmental goals. But apart from that, apart from this common definition of social justice, we see significant differences in this uh, strategic texts regarding the breadth of the just and, and fair transition notion. And we um, distinguish between a broad definition that points to the need for a comprehensive approach to the distributional impact of the triple transition, green, digital, and demographic, and of the mitigation and adaptation policies across populations and regions. And on the other hand, on the other hand we have a very narrow definition targeted particularly on programs of support for workers um, uh, that have lost their jobs due to environmental protection policies. And somehow the broad definition is um, more clearly adopted by the ILO and the UNSDGs, uh, especially in the case of the European Green Deal. What we see is that uh, there is a controversial stance by the EGD. On the one hand, we have the minimalist and vague motto of no one must be left behind that somehow hints at a comprehensive view of distributional issues, but we are not exactly told what sort of policies we need to implement for uh, achieving this comprehensive view of distributional issues. And on the other hand, most of the policies deriving from the EGD are framed in a narrow view, that of responding to the blow of job and income losses as a result of the decarbonization decarbonization of production and consumption patterns. Now, there are some very important missing social dimensions in the EGD. First, the systemic feedback loops between the three transitions, green, digital, and demographic, and the pressures these exert on public budgets are not extensively factored into in the EGD's policy framework. And particularly the double bind in which welfare states are caught under the triple transition is hardly addressed. Namely, social spending competes with pressures on public budgets for offsetting climate change. At the same time, new forms of work and changing labor demands and demographic aging greatly narrow the fiscal base of the public budgets. And these pressures are further compounded by the unprecedented accumulation of public debts during the pandemic, as most of the member states have uh, uh, implemented lifelines for their economies. And I think that uh, these pressures are more acute in the case of member states that were highly indebted even before the pandemic. And in this respect, the question of in which form the, the stability and growth pact will be reinstated, it's very important because an, an abrupt switch towards fiscal consolidation will highly um, exacerbate these pressures. Another important missing social dimension is that neither the EGD, the text itself, nor the communication that explains its main goals make any specific and explicit reference to inequality and to social rights. And this is an indication that the EGD neglects the broader distributional effects of environmental policies. Also, the narrow definition of just transition reveals significant protection gaps, particularly among groups furthest from the labor market. And I think the previous speakers have talked about this issue. And last but not least, a gender lens is missing uh, from the EGD, as is also the intersection between class, ethnicity, and gender, even though the existing literature demonstrates quite clearly that climate change and environmental degradation 
and the adaptation and mitigation responses are indeed gendered. And of course, the intersection between class, gender, and ethnicity intensified vulnerabilities vis-a-vis -vis, uh, climate change and uh, ecological degradation. Now, let me very briefly try to respond to this issue of how the EGD's programmatic social goals coordinate with these two major social pronouncements of the EU in the last decade, namely the social investment approach and the European pillar. Uh, this, uh, uh, this overhead presents in a very schematic way how uh, EU social policy uh, evolved over the last three decades. But the first remark that one should make is that overall a stop and go or a disjointed manner is a major hallmark of how EU social policy has developed so far. And also until quite recently, there was no concern for joining social and environmental concerns. Now, if we start uh, in the mid to late uh, 90s, we see that the DeLorean proactive and uh, uh, quite comprehensive approach to an integrated European social policy lost momentum and was replaced by an emphasis on mutual learning for modernizing the welfare state through the so-called soft governance framework, the uh, open method of coordination. In 2013, that is in the aftermath of the debt crisis in Europe, we observe an ambitious turn to social investment and uh, this turn advocated prevention against social risks through extensive investment in human capital uh, along the lines of the Nordic social democratic model that sees social policy, social expenditure as investment rather than cost, but quite soon, this comprehensive social investment approach was discontinued and was replaced by a light liberal social investment version that was very much in tune with the austerity mantra during the debt crisis and uh, a little after the debt crisis. Now in 2017, we have the uh, European pillar of social rights, which as the uh, other speakers have uh, talked about quite extensively. This is a principles-based approach. It has no binding force though. The, the interesting thing is that the um, EPSR has further overshadowed the social investment approach in its heavy Nordic version and shifted the gain emphasis to the light version, making social protection subject to labor market inclusion, to activation, employability, and so on and so forth. For the first time in 2019, the EGD expresses a concern to link social and environmental concerns and goals, but still in the EGD, we have no reference to comprehensive social investment and invocation of the European pillar of social rights boils down to a narrow targeted support to geographical areas, sectors, and people harvest hit by the transition. Now there is a quite high, there is a high rhetoric surrounding the action plan of the European Pillar of Social Rights. And this uh, indicates that the, 40, the 20 principles will be held to be the beacon towards a transition to climate neutrality, digitalization, and demographic change that is socially fair and just. But again, the narrow definition of just transition to which DGD clings that relies on a combination of social buffers and vocational education and retraining policies for the most affected groups of workers and localities risks being yet another failed flex security blueprint that reproduces a troublesome relationship between labor, labor deregulation and social policy. So I will stop here and hand over to Anna. 
Thank you so much. Now, what are, I, I will close our presentation by re referring to some uh, reflections on critical steps towards fostering the just transition uh, role. Um, and I would say that to begin with, and this is very disappointingly, uh, two recent program programmatic tests, um, uh, namely the action plan for the implementation of the uh, uh, European Pillar of Social Rights, and also the eighth uh, environmental, environmental Action Program, the EAP, uh, share uh, the uh, ambiguities of the ERD. This is how uh, both Maria Petnesi and myself interpret it. Uh, to begin with, the Action Plan's uh, ambitious uh, title, A Strong Social Europe for Just Transition and Recovery, uh, does not very much match the uh, content. Uh, secondly, expectations for an emboldened pillar vis-a-vis uh, -vis the environmental crisis and inequality uh, are hardly met. And third and last, the action plan is rather a revamped version of the EU uh, 2020 agenda, uh, leaning towards a light, uh, let's call it liberal, uh, social investment uh, perspective. Um, namely, uh, also, uh, these uh, texts uh, uh, we said for 2030, uh, for 2030 uh, two targets of the agenda of the previous decade, uh, for example, the unemployment, the employment and poverty uh, reduction rates, uh, which failed to be achieved, uh, most blatantly the poverty reduction targets. Uh, and also it adds a third one aiming to empower uh, lifelong learning. Uh, also the uh, uh, European uh, Pillar of Social Rights Youth Programmatic Status is also reflected in the very narrow scope of new legislative initiatives under the action plan. Um, similarly, concerns uh, that the ambitions stipulated by the eighth uh, EAP will not result in effective policies uh, have been raised in the recently uh, carried out public consultation on the Commission's draft. Um, so, um, first, uh, for an inclusive transition, we find that a legally enforceable social rulebook is absolutely crucial. And also, that the right to a healthy environment uh, uh, should be set at its very core. This would require setting at the core of the EPSR um, a broadly defined right to protection of health uh, that underscores the right to a healthy environment. Uh, this right to a healthy environment is essential for ensuring adequate uh, living and working conditions that promote the enjoyment of health for all and uh, not only pertaining to the workplace, as is the case now with the, uh, with the social pillar. Um, importantly also, uh, expanding the right to health so as to include appropriate environmental conditions for the realization of most other essential rights, uh, for example, to food, housing, to work, uh, can strengthen uh, social citizenship uh, as a core idea of the uh, EPSR 
supportive of inclusive transition. Uh, obviously, this is a broad definition, such a broad definition of health protection is already described in the European Social Charter and signals the importance of the links between the environmental challenges, health and well-being, which the pandemic has very emphatically uh, revealed. Um, second, uh, the, EU, uh, uh, the EU's governance framework uh, needs to be broadened, um, as has already been pointed out in several presentations uh, this morning. Particularly, in our view, uh, particularly important uh, is to upgrade the social scope of the European semester in order to closely monitor the social rights um, and uh, the environmental change interface. Third, uh, in line with the above, um, a robust monitoring framework is essential in steering the trickle uh, transition. Um, uh, available use that uh, data sets and indicators, for example, on the sustainable development goals, on EU2020, on the uh, on the EPSR, and on environment uh, environment and energy issues, uh, cover a wide range of social inequality, social exclusion issues, on the one hand. Uh, and also uh, on uh, greenhouse emissions, air pollutants, biodiversity, and energy on the other hand. Still, uh, information on the social uh, environmental linkages is very sparse. Um, commonly agreed uh, EU overarching indicators on environmental change, eco-social divides, zero market and demographic polarization are crucial Broadening the EU's governance framework, uh, building equity in its uh, green growth goals, and also for the achievement of greater uh, policy coherence. So, to conclude, uh, to wrap up, uh, the absence of a strong social rulebook to underpin the urgent and ambitious green transition aimed at by the EGD casts uh, serious doubts as to whether an encompassing just transition framework can be developed. Further, the more so as the uh, disjointed manner without clear priorities characterizing the development of EU-level social policy and the predominance of soft law hardly favor a comprehensive approach to the wide-ranging distributional impacts. And finally, uh, the complex challenge of aligning stakeholders at uh, various levels, uh, for example, the supranational, national, uh, and regional local levels, is weighs heavily on any crucial, any critical steps towards a just, equity-focused uh, eco-social transformation. Uh, and this is an issue that research has uh, barely uh, tackled so far and is uh, desperately in need uh, to, be, uh, to, to be done so. So thank you very much for your attention. Thank you for listening to this podcast. I hope you found it useful. Again, you can access all the papers and videos from our policy conference on our website, www.socialjustice.ie. 
And if you have any ideas for future podcasts, please feel free to email us at secretary at socialjustice.ie with your suggestions. Until next time, stay safe.